Pure Dog Talk is the voice of purebred dogs. We talk to the legends of the sport and give you the tips and tools to create an awesome life with your purebred dog. From showing to preservation breeding, from competitive obedience to field work, from agility to therapy dogs, and all the fun in between, your passion is our purpose. All right, folks. 2020 has, to put it mildly, presented some challenges for all of us. You know, the good news, our patrons' numbers are still growing, almost daily. I truly, truly cannot thank all of you enough for your support. It's been overwhelming. And for those of you who've had to reassess your budgets, please know, I totally get it. And I will always be grateful for your belief in this program and the power of great content. Like the NPR of dogdom, Pure Dog Talk is here for you every day to make sense out of everyday things, to add nuance to your understanding and tools to your tack box, to bring history to life and propel the living history of purebred dogs into the future. Our patrons make all of this possible. The funds are specifically designated only for overhead. They literally keep the MP3s rolling. Meanwhile, the patrons-only After Dark Facebook Live and Zoom meetings each month truly have been a fabulous success. Conversation, support, laughter, some education, some mentorship, lots of encouragement, and even, randomly, the occasional adult beverage. So click the link at www.puredogtalk.com and become a patron today. Your small contribution helps make a huge voice for purebred dogs. Welcome to Pure Dog Talk. I am your host, Laura Reeves, and we have a super fun project today. We're talking to Gabby Vanini about virtual rally. And so you guys know we've talked a bunch about obedience. We've talked about obedience with kind of unusual breeds, but rally is an area we really haven't covered. So I'm very excited to talk to Gabby and I'm excited because AKC has now made it so you can, and help me out, Gabby, if I get this wrong, you can submit a video to get a rally title. Is that correct? Yes. So you can submit videos for your rally novice title. So the entry level rally, you can submit three videos and get an actual rally title. So it's the same as if you went to a trial, you would have to get three qualifying legs. They are having judges actually score these runs and look at them. So it's not just a pass fail. You're actually getting your score out of a hundred on that and having to do it just like you would in a trial. And they've got five different courses that you can pick from to try out. So they've set courses for you and you can do it in your backyard in your local park, um, if you have a local training building that you can rent the ring out. I know that's what a lot of people have been doing, but you can get creative with it and wherever you can fit a reasonably sized rally course and either set up a tripod or get someone to video for you and submit to AKC and get your actual rally novice title. And from what I understand, the directions from the American Kennel Club are actually pretty inclusive and useful in terms of where do I set the camera? What do I have to do to get this video? That sort of thing. Yeah, they've been really helpful with that. The rally maps actually have like a specific spot on the map. This right. has put the camera here. 
so that they can get the best view for the judges to be able to look at it and where they need to be going. They've got the maps laid out for you. They've got everything set right out there. They've got all five maps that you can pull up and use. They've got a really simple way to submit everything. They've got their instructions and all of that right there. They've got a nice little how to perform the rally sign set up for you. So they're really making it very accessible for people who are wanting to try something different with their dog. I think this is going to be a really good opportunity for obviously people that know rally and do rally. You can fly through these if you want to, but I think it's a really nice thing for people that maybe have done some of those trick titles or CGC, and that's kind of where they've hovered. And now they have something a little more that this rally title that they can learn about and do at home. And then by the time we get rolling back in dog shows, maybe they'll want to jump up and go into rally intermediate where it's similar signs are still on leash and see how things go. I will call AKC when they're wrong, but when they're right, I think this is genius, right? Like I think this is really a great thing that they're doing for people well, we don't have actual physical dog shows to get to. People are really looking for I actually work for a pretty big dog training facility. We do sports and stuff like that. And my boss just posted in our internal staff Facebook group today that like our clients all want online titles. She was like, go look up all the online titles you can do. And like, if you want to figure out any way to help make an event or help people do this, go for it and we'll support you because everybody wants those trick titles or rally titles or Whatever you can do online, people are antsy without dog shows to do when they want to do it. They want to do stuff, right? So let's talk about rally, okay? I personally, I've done straight obedience. I've done confirmation. I've done a lot of things. I have not done rally. So I know there's signs and that's about what I know. (laughs) (laughs) So rally is really kind of built out of some of exercises that you may do training for obedience. So, you know, kind of some doodling and different patterns and stuff you make practice and switching from front to finish and things like that. That's sort of how it came to be is these little pieces of things that you would do to train for obedience became exercises for rally. And it's sort of bloomed into its own thing since then. But that's sort of what the thought process was behind it. So you have a bunch of signs that are in the rule book. You need to familiarize yourself with all of these signs and you get a course put out for you that changes every time, which is the big difference between rally and obedience, that it's a different course every time you go to it. So it's kind of an agility obedience combo in that year. You have to walk the course. You have to familiarize yourself with something new every time. See, that's why I would suck at it. I'm great with (laughs) obedience. You do heel on leash, you do heel off leash, you do, 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 do. This is how you do it. (laughs) Yeah, so rally, you change every time. So you have however many signs that you're going to learn that all of these signs are your novice signs, but they're not now all necessarily going to be used in a particular novice course. So you'll have in the like 15 to 18 sign realm where they'll pick signs and they'll make a course out of it, but they're not necessarily going to use every sign and they can double sign. So depending on the judge, depending on the day, depending on how they're feeling, the course will involve different things. So There's a sign that's a sit down and then walk around your dog while they stay. That sign may or may not be there. So if you have a sign that you're weak on, you know, you you, you kind of (laughs) pray. You're like, please don't make me do this one. (laughs) 
Yeah. And so you do similar to an agility trial. You do walk the course beforehand to familiarize yourself with it with no dogs. They'll have a map for you that lays out each of the signs. And those are what AKC has on their website for the virtual rally right now. And then the judge will set the course up before your class and you have like 10 minutes beforehand where everyone walks through it together. So you can kind of follow the flow of the signs and figure out where you need to go. So you know which signs to do. So you'll see everybody outside the ring kind of rehearsing a few of the signs that they need to brush up on with their dog and stuff like that. So you have an idea of what you're doing going into it. But if you're familiar with the signs, you can kind of follow as you go. But that's really a big part of rally. Like you were saying, you know, the obedience. It's like, okay, I know what I'm doing every time. I definitely like that part. (laughs) If you know the signs really well and are really confident in what they mean, and not even just like that the dog can perform it, but there's little nitpicky things that like on a walk around the dog, you need to pause for a second before you continue. Little things that you kind of really have to read. Okay, so tell me some of those. Give me some of these. This is going to trip you up. You have to do it right. Rally tips. Two of the novice signs that I know a lot of people have gotten in queued on and are like, what the hell is the, so the walking around the dog signs where you'll have a sit and a down version where you stop the dog, put them in a sit, walk around behind and come back into heel position. And you have to pause at the end of that. So you can't just like keep walking past the dog and like release them and let's just keep going. (laughs) You have to like do a little pause, put your feet together and then go just have a second. But there are judges that if you don't pause clearly enough, they will dock you your whole 10 points on that sign. And that's a completely incorrectly done sign just for not pausing there. And then there's a moving sidestep right sign. So it's the novice version of a sidestep. So like in your advance, you'll have like a actual halt with the dog, (laughs) do a straight sidestep to the right. And have so the dog has to utilize the rear to get in and really work it there. Whereas the moving sidestep is pretty much the sign is in front of you. You step out of the way of the sign and keep going, (laughs) but you have to like really make a sidestep. Like the dog doesn't have to bring their rear in with you necessarily, and it can be like a forward sidestep. But you can't just like kind of angle yourself. Shuffle. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta like actually like move out of the way of the sign and not just sort of like avoid it. I've seen judges that have straight up, people are like, how did I get 10 points out? like, you didn't move sideways enough past the sideways signs. Interesting. See, it's the greatest thing about my job. I learn something new literally every day. (laughs) Yeah, well, rally's kind of fun because there is a little bit of like playing the game to it. Mm -hmm. So like other little things, there's essential parts of the sign and then there's parts of the sign that will get you full points. For example... So like when you're reading through the rule book, they'll have stuff that's underlined and they'll have stuff that's just there. And the underlined stuff has to be done. So for instance, there's multiple signs where you'll halt and heel position, pull the dog to front and then ask them to go back to heel. And for those signs, it will say like, you know, handler halts, dog halts or dog sits in heel position. Dog sits is underlined in heel position is not underlined. So Pulling them then again to front, dog sits is underlined, dog sits in front is not underlined. So it's there and you want a nice straight front. If you're going to get 100% 10 out of 10 on that sign, that's what you want is nice positioning. But the essential part of that sign is that you stop, the dog sits, 
you move the dog again and they sit again. So if your dog stops and sits real crooked, all you got to do, you know, if you move the dog to front and they're crooked again, you're still doing the sign. So that's one of those things where you kind of have to weigh it because fussing with the dog, you could redo the sign, but if you redo the sign, you're knocking yourself three points at least. So if you want to redo a sign, you start down three points and then you get your chance to redo it. But if you're out of position, you may get one point off or one or two points, depending on how badly they're out of position. So if they've sat, even if they're crooked, not only is it beneficial to your score and the flow of the course to go, for most dogs in a trial environment, fussing at them to straighten up. Yeah, as you're just going to discourage the dog, you're just going to get disconnected and then you're going to have more trouble going on later. So correcting yourself and trying to be really fussy about it. And that's one of the nice things about rally, I think, is that you don't have to be so worried about things like that. A little lower key. Yeah, it's like it kind of just a teamwork thing. It's like, yeah, you can aspire to having a nice, really pretty, like perfect straight run. But a lot of it is your dog will stay with you and listen to you and be attentive to you then you can get through a rally course. So if you're not one that really enjoys working that perfect front and stuff like that, and that's not something, you know, because obedience people like that. It's like, I want the challenge of really helping the dog understand where its butt is and being straight. But if you're someone who's like, I just like going out with my dog and I want to do things and I want to compete, but I want to have fun with them, but I'm not sure about all this technical stuff then rally's really good for that because it still shows really nice teamwork Mm -hmm. because in the long run, a dog that can walk in even loose heel position in a loose leash following you and listening to you and focusing on you while there's other dogs and people around and stuff going on, you've still trained your dog. You're still doing stuff with them. Right. There's one thing I really love about rally. And then there's a question I have about rally. I love the fact you get to talk to your dog and the mm-hmm. novice stuff is all on leash, right? So you're talking to your dog and it's on leash. So even my Shiba Inu, who would probably run away <laughs> in something else, could do this. Yes. So yeah, you're on leash in novice and the intermediate that they recently added is on leash. So the levels used to be just novice, advanced, excellent. And they have since added intermediate and masters. Oh my goodness. I didn't realize that. Oh, yes. So masters is for your like hardcore rally people that really want the complicated stuff. So when you get up into masters, so I was talking about, you know, the dog having to think about their rear end and stuff like that. I mean, you're getting a lot of the fancy sidestepping stuff. You're getting sidesteps in front. You're getting spins. You're getting down in motion. You're getting stand stays, stuff like that that takes a lot more work to get through and really is a lot of little technical stuff, um, you know, and position changes. Mm-hmm. So like, a you know, stand, sit, down, sit, you know, distance right. position changes, stuff like that. So if you want to in rally that's what you like those little doodling things and being really precise Mm -hmm. there's room for that as you grow on but if you want to just have a nice fun time with your dog and work like that and not have to worry as much about the perfect positioning then you can do that too which i think is nice that you really can have choices span the breadth of whatever level your dog competition interest is because I've seen you know local trials will have like there's a lady in our area who takes high end trial in obedience very very often and with her young dog she was like I'm gonna get into rally and she's been doing rally masters with her young dog and so you've got her level 
where she's going through that and probably going for perfect proofing for a notch, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then you got the person who's like, I have found out about dog sports and I think this is kind of fun and I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think this might be something fun to try. And the talking to your dog is so nice, mm-hmm. especially for people that might be nervous. Right. And you don't have to think about Oh crap, did I double command that? Like, you know, you don't have to remember quite this many things. Well, you remember different things. Like, I can remember not to say stay twice a whole lot easier than I personally can remember shuffle left or whatever. (laughs) I'm so klutzy. I don't run agility either. So it could be that's part of the problem. Hang tight, guys. Got a little bit of information for you. We'll be right back to the podcast in a minute. All right, crew. Embark is really, really committed to providing a resource for responsible breeders and purebred dog enthusiasts. And we know these are tough times. And to help serve breeders right now, when we need it, starting in April, Embark is going to reduce its prices significantly through a series of sales and programs to help make the DNA testing even more accessible for everybody. So stop by, visit EmbarkVet.com backslash breeders, or hop onto their Embark for Breeders Facebook page and take a look at what they have on offer. As always, Embark's leading DNA test kits provide a comprehensive assessment of your dog's genetic health, genetic diversity, and physical traits. And I can tell you, I just got back the two Embark tests that I had done on my own dogs, And it was so cool. And I spent like half the day clicking through all the fun stuff. So stop by the Pure Dog Talk website and click the Embark logo on the homepage and take a look at what they have on offer. My question then is, and I'm trying to remember what I've read, which is like this much. A hundred points, right? Not 200 like we have for obedience. It is a hundred points. And how do they score it? If you've got 15 signs... It's not like you're getting 10 points per sign. So I'm confused. So it's really points off per sign. So really, if you didn't do each sign, you'd have NQ just by lack of control at that point. Right. So you have to have at least a 70. Okay. There can be a different number of signs in each course too. So like as you get more advanced, you're going to have more signs in the course. So they don't have it just like each sign is worth 10 points. You just get knocked points if you do something wrong. So basically three signs, screwing up three signs is kind of your limit. Got it. Or badly screwing up three signs is your limit. So if you do the sign completely incorrectly, so like those underlying things I was talking about, Mm -hmm. those underlying portions all have to be done for the sign to be considered completed. So if you miss an underlying thing, then you get 10 points off. Okay. So you get 10 points for the whole sign and that's called an IP or incorrect performance. For instance, if I was supposed to bring my dog to front position and sit and they laid down, right. that would be an incorrectly performed sign. But then I could redo that. So I'd get three points off. Instead of 10 points off. Yes. Okay. But it still have to do the sign right. right. So, <laughs> yeah. So you still got to do the sign right. Even so my after dog was just like off. really, really excited. And instead of sitting, jumped up and kissed me. But the next time I said, no, you really have to sit here. Yeah. Or like popping up on a stay or things like that. Those are the real common redos. You don't get to redo and master those. So once you get up to the higher levels, you got to just keep going. Okay. 
But your lower level signs, you can redo if you need a chance to. But then you'll also get assorted points off elsewhere for those non-underlying things. So for instance, a crooked sit, while you still did the sign correctly, if it was badly crooked, you may get a point or two off there for that, for an out of position, mm-hmm. where it's you're still doing the sign, but they're in the wrong positions. Tight leashes is a big thing that will knock you uh, some point okay. in novice. So in the unleashed portion, so the novice and intermediate, those you do want to keep a loose. All you listeners, all that loose leash walking I've talked about, it's going to come in handy for your rest. Yes. <laughs> so you really need to keep the leash loose. There are judges who really get fussy about a tight leash because they don't want you dragging the dog around the course sure. and stuff like that. But it's nice, like you said, your Chiba or whatever. If you get a tight leash here and there, if the dog gets distracted and kind of wanders out, and you're like, hey, no, come back here. You know, it can help. You still may get a couple points off, but it's going to help you be able to redirect them a little more and give you a little aid there. So really, if you're getting points off for all the signs at that point, you probably (laughs) would. They can excuse for lack of control. So if your dog's just not doing anything or listening to you at all. Blowing you off. There is that point at which you're just not going to qualify anyway. So the individual sign points don't really matter. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm sort of having a vision of my one particular wire hair pointer whose preferred method of greeting everyone he sees is to fling himself on them and hug them. Just going through my mind all that I might have to go through to get him to loose leash walk through people. Yeah. I mean, we do it at the dog show, but it's not a loose leash. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, luckily you've just got the judge in the ring. But so that's a good example of a dog that, you know, may be good for this virtual route. Right. Especially people, you know, who've got reactive dogs that they've been working with stuff like that, or even older dogs that just don't really enjoy the long dog show day mm-hmm. anymore. Like even a dog that can be functional in a dog show environment doesn't necessarily mean they want to go there and sit in a crate for six hours and right. do it. So it's good for a lot of different varieties of dogs. And, you know, there's different challenges being at home or doing it on video too. There's people who are saying, oh, well, it's not the same as doing it in a ring. Yeah, I was going to ask, so what's the downside? Like, I think it's a cool thing, but I have heard the yippity yippities that yeah. people that are not as enamored of it. So talk to us a little bit. Let's give it the flip side and say, okay, so what's yeah. the downside to this? So you'll always are going to get the people that are going to say that it's going to cheapen their rally title that they got. But all things change. I got an open title with my dog in the long stays and nobody cares about that anymore. It doesn't say on my title certificate that he did the long stays. In a group, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like that should count. (laughs) But he still did. And, you know, and I worked through that and I trained it. And it doesn't diminish what I worked on by doing that because they did away with the stays. And I think it's the same thing with your rally and Just because somebody can go do a virtual rally, it doesn't mean yours is less. And honestly, those people aren't competing with you. If you're real serious about your rally and you want to get like 100 points on everything and go get... Then wait for a dog show. Yeah, then go to a dog show. And people who are being brought in by this rally virtual program, they're not your competition. You don't need to look at them as some kind of threat that, oh, well, my puppy's rally novice title meant more than your puppy's rally novice title. It's a rally novice title. (laughs) We're not giving aches out online over here. See, that's what I'm kind of talking about right there, yeah. (laughs) 
so there are definitely people that, but I don't think that that's real reasonable and people are always going to be resistant to change. It just Mm -hmm. is how things happen. But this is a really good way to give people something to do while they can't get out to dog shows. Gonna bring new people in. Like I said, our students love getting new titles. They just are like, oh, I can get a new title. And so they want to try stuff like that. And a lot of them are kind of intimidated by going to a dog show or just don't have the time or things like that. And so being able to really practice a rally trial and get an actual judge score and get a title like that is for some people, you know, that may be it. And some people is like, oh, I got my rally novice title. Perfect. I put it on my dog and that's fine. Honestly, if you're putting a dog's value on whether or not it has a rally novice title, then you've got other problems. You're probably hopefully not making breeding decisions on the basis of of a rally novice or lack thereof. Yes. That's one thing I've seen is that like, well, people are just going to put the rally novice title on the dog just to have a title. So what? So that's a good thing. So they're working with their dog and they're doing things with them. And like I said, there are going to be people who just do that. And they're like, yes, I got the virtual title and that's all I wanted. And now I can say I have a title, but there's going to be a good portion of people that are like, this is kind of fun. And maybe I want to go to a real dog show and do this. And I think the intermediate title existing is so nice now because they don't have to jump straight to off leash. So before, when you went from novice to advanced, you had to go straight to off-leash from novice. So if you wanted to progress from novice, you were going right to off-leash, and that can be a really big jump. Yeah, it's a big jump. And so the intermediate, tell me, is it all on-leash or some on, some off? Yeah, so it's all on-leash. It's the advanced exercises, but it's done on-leash. Ah, got it. So the exercises are more difficult than novice, but you still stay on leash. So the only one that's excluded is jumping. We're not going to have anybody jumping on leash. Mm-hmm. So you're doing the same advanced exercise, but you're on leash. So sort of like graduate novice in straight obedience. Yes. And it is voluntary like that. Okay. It's like a grad novice or a grad open that it's a good stepping stone in between, mm-hmm. kind of see mm-hmm. where you are. So I think that's going to be a perfect place for a lot of people that mm-hmm. have done rally novice virtual to come back to a dog show and say, oh, hey, I want to keep trying this right. and jump into Rally Intermediate and try that. So I think that that'll be really good for people. You know, we need more people in dog shows. Right, of all shapes, forms, and fashions. Yes, we shouldn't be discouraging it. And there's a lot of reasons why, you know, it can be hard for people to do dog shows. You know, like I said, maybe their dog is reactive. And I've had a dog that's very difficult to take out and about. And I work through it, but it's very difficult to work through stuff like that. And for some people saying, okay, I can do this title with my dog that I don't think will ever be able to functionally be at a dog show safely, but I'm still able to accomplish something with them. Like, that's really nice. That's really what we're out here for is do stuff with your dog and training your dog. And there are a lot of people whose dogs cannot heal on leash in their backyard. Like, it's not that easy. Like, you know, trust me, I'm telling you. (laughs) I have two pugs, a Sheba, and three young wire hair pointers. Really? I can't. You know, if you're a high-level obedience competitor, rally competitor, you probably forget where you came from, that you're like, oh, well, this isn't hard at all. Nobody's having to work for this. I see people every day whose dog can't even eat in the presence of other dogs right. or just a new building. That's very common that Just because they're in their backyard doesn't mean they can automatically do a rally novice title. They have to put some training into that. Regardless, you're not going to be able to just pull your dog out of the house and go do a rally novice title without having worked with them in some way. So you're building that engagement and that active work with 
your dog and the enjoyment of working with them and learning some of that. So even the people that never go on to dog shows, it's a positive thing for them to have a goal. It's still a win-win because they're working with their dogs and away for it. We're about the dogs, right? It's all about the dogs. Cool, cool. Because sometimes it's fun to have something to work toward. And that's a big reason why a lot of people like to show is, yes, I like to train my dogs, but at some point, if you didn't have any direction to go, it gets a little less motivating. So I have a dog show to work toward. This is my Mm -hmm. goal. This is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I can get a rally novice certificate. That's a nice goal to have and something that they can do. But it's also, I think, going to bring people in to some extent. And people are bored. We need things to do. We all need things to do, man. (laughs) AKC needs things to do, too. Like, you got to think, they're a business. Like, if you're thinking of this from a straight business standpoint. That's what I said. for them. This is a straight up genius move in my personal opinion. Yeah. Even, and I say this, the first virtual cyber sweepstakes that happened was mine and it had virtual obedience, I should say. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I just saw that ABC is doing a virtual confirmation now. Yes. Also, mine was the first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For real. Okay. okay. Hey, you know what? I don't have the resources, more power to them. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, you know, they got to do something. Yep. We can all whine about AKC doing whatever all we want. But this is my point. I will call out AKC if I think something's been done that I don't agree with or that yeah. they should have done a better job. But when they do it right, hey, say they did it right. And I think that this is a great program that has potential to do good things for a lot of people. Yeah. And dogs. So the important part. Yeah. And they've got to exist. You know, they got to do something without dog shows going heavily. So it's good for them. But I think it's a good move for dogs and people in general. I mean, the trick titling going online. I trick think, titling, I think, is a blast. And, and people are yeah. having so much fun with that. Yeah, And people are enjoying it. So, I mean, the worst thing that's happening here is somebody's <laughs> doing something fun with their dog. And maybe they're using it to advertise their dog for breeding and making it look better. But so what? Like, if that's really what you're going for, fine. Like, you know, and honestly, that's better than some dogs. Like, there are definitely dogs that have been bred that may have a championship that I don't think have a temperament to go engage with a person for a rally novice style. So you're looking for a companion dog that's going to be a nice, easy dog that engages with people? Don't breed based on those decisions. Nobody's doing that. And if they're doing that, they've got other problems. (laughs) Right. Well, and I think the bottom line is I love the fact that it gives people something to do, something to focus on their dogs. When Pure Dog Talk had the cyber sweepstakes, the whole point of the exercise was keep practicing, right? Take a video, see yourself in video. And I don't know about Raleigh, but I know for confirmation, watching yourself on video is an educational exercise. Absolutely. And so that's my big thing is that there's an opportunity for people and for dogs to know better. And when you know better, you do better. Yes. And you can learn from watching video. That's another thing I've seen, you know, like, well, if I could retry the course 10 times and mm-hmm. choose the best video, then sure I could qualify, but you're practicing and you're learning. That's the point of this whole thing. Definitely the point. If you're doing it 10 times, well, yeah, you had to do it all those 10 times and improve enough to get to that point. If your dog's not improving, does it it matter? It doesn't matter if you do it 10 times in a row, if you're not actually doing the work to get better. Right. It's not like you're just going to suddenly, on a fluke, the dog's going to be like, oh, I can read signs now and I'm (laughs) going to do it myself. 
you still have to put the work in for it. Oh my God. That's fabulous. All right. Well, Gabby, thank you so much. We are at the end of our allotted time frame. I appreciate your insight and I am hopeful that people will take it to heart and go practice their rally novice. Awesome. Thanks for talking to me. As always, if you have any questions or input, we'd love to hear from you. The show notes and links to resources on today's topic are available at puredogtalk.com. Drop us a note in the comments or email to laura at puredogtalk.com. Remember, guys, this podcast is for you. So if you want to know something, give me a holler. We'll do a podcast for you. If you wouldn't mind, you could help me out here. Take a couple minutes to visit iTunes and give us a review. The Dog Show Superintendents Association is a proud supporter of Pure Dog Talk. Our Dog Show Superintendents are the hardworking people who make the dog show function. They are advocates for education and mentorship in the purebred dog fancy. So stop by the Supers Desk at your next show. Tell them how much you love Pure Dog Talk and give them a shout out for their support. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us on Pure Dog Talk.